Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, good Love afternoon. Radio. It beat me. Again, it hit did it. The blog talk thing came on next. <laughs> uh, hey, hello, everybody. It's Tom Hayes. It is 1221. What a lot of people are predicting is the big grand mutation. A lot of things are happening in the universe. And uh, here we are. And I'm a little out of breath because I'm trying to hustle to get this, uh, this phone call in. But we have a great guest on today. The, uh, the lady's a great friend of mine. And uh, she has been uh, in my life, in and out of my life. She is. And recently when we reconnected, I realized... She's got a grasp on how to deal with the difficult times right now. And uh, so let me go. Here we go. Well, I'm going to put the phone call in. Again, I apologize <laughs> that uh, I'm so out of breath. But And it's, it's not because I'm excited. It's just I had to kind of run around and get things together. But here we go. Uh, two seconds, and we should be online. There we go, dialing. And then I can do this wonderful intro that I wrote for this wonderful woman. Just waiting for blog talk to find my guest. Hello. There we go. Hey, hey, Lisa Lamparelli. Are you there? Hello, Tomas. Uh, How are you? I, I am wonderful. Can, can you hear me okay? Yes, just let me get myself straightened out here with my headset. Wow, a headset. How professional. Well, it just helps me keep my hands free so I can write and take notes, which I like to do. Well, great. Well, first of all, I, I'm sorry I've been a little bit late. A couple of things happened here before I go on and um, a little out of breath, but I got finally got things together. We're here. Let me do your intro. Okay, Tom, just give me a minute. Okay. Thanks for hanging in, folks. But I've seen enough YouTube podcasts to see that this is not atypical. <laughs> and this is what happens when you don't have a production team. That's right. Certain tech. We're, we're running on a very limited budget here, folks. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for your patience. Oh, thank you. All right, folks, here we go. Lisa Lamparelli, a highly intelligent, well-educated, driven, professional woman and single mother with a profound sense of empathy and a message for today's women and men on how best to navigate today's difficult times. After surviving her share of life setbacks and adversities, she discovered, learned, and lived the great spiritual principles which enable all of us to not only survive, but ultimately to thrive. So for an uplifting, enlightening, lively discussion, tune to discover more about your inner strengths and how to implement them to overcome life's challenges. How's that sound? Well, I am blushing. Um, I'm, I'm not very comfortable hearing people talk about me in such glowing terms, Tom, so I do really appreciate it. But of course, it's all true. <laughs> Yeah, well, let me stop you right there. That's, um, you know, I'm going to pick up on points that I, you know, uh, I feel will resonate with not only us, but especially with the audience. That's kind of the first step, isn't it? Having that sense of ownership of who you are and what you are. And that, uh, you know, I love Joel, o- uh, Epps, what's his last name? Olstein. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? The Yes, I uh, do. I do. I Joel is someone I flipped the channels on a Sunday night and I came by him and he was talking about something. I couldn't tell you now what it was, but I felt like it was meant to be that I stopped and heard him that night with the message he had that night. 
So that's how I now think of Joel as somebody who always has just the right thing to say to me, apparently things I need to hear. You know, I haven't, uh, well, again, I'm going to, you know, you you made me very aware that we tend to drift and everything, but I think these little steps that we've just heard, and I'll get back to my original question about ownership, but why I mentioned him, but you're exactly right. And so anybody who will be blessed to listen to this podcast will have the same experience. They'll say, and I've had them with other podcasts. People say, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear at that Mm. time. And so yeah. you're right. So many times I'd be sitting alone in my apartment in South Boston and, and, and I go, oh, wait a minute. What, it, it, what is Joe, Joe Wilson's coming on. And I'd tune in exactly at the right time, at the right place for all the right reasons. But he, mm. one of the things that I loved, and it, was, he, and it was just so beautiful and sincere, is you are a child of the Most High God. And I just love that because he's right. And so going back to this ownership that you just acknowledged, that's what I think the beginning of when people wake up, when people start to realize they have a higher purpose in life, is you have to get to that place where you own that. You want to talk about that? Sure. Um, I think that's a a great uh, starting off point, both for my my personal journey and, you know, kind of – now that I'm uh, getting to be older, I am starting to appreciate that uh, there is a lot of wisdom that has been gained throughout my life. Um, All of it very, uh, I I didn't have any easy lessons. I was told long time ago that you're not one of those persons who uh, can be told something and you just understand and accept it easily. You have to sort of be smacked over the head with it. So I would say I've had my share of smacking. Um, But, you know, one of the things that you have to come to understand is, yes, first and foremost, your place in the universe. And what that means is that you have to take responsibility for the fact that there are, you aren't the only one. There are others out there um, who are also God's children And the whole concept of God creating us in his likeness is something that I find to be uh, very humbling because, um, you know, God is, uh, of course, in my mind, the the master and the beauty and the perfection. And so when I think of the fact that he made me in his likeness, uh, that does render me somewhat speechless, but it also gives me um, really, I think, my basis for a sense of responsibility, which is that, and I also preach this to my son, which is that I've been given gifts from God, and we've all been given gifts from God, all have the same gifts, but we all have gifts. And so I think it's very important to understand that you've been given gifts and um, to identify what those gifts are so that you can um, live them out in the glory of God. And, uh, you know, being a responsible person, that, that is an action word, and it is a word that uh, is, a, is a constant um, work, work in progress. And we must, I do try to think about it pretty much every day. Um, and with responsibility, with with gifts comes responsibility. And so part of that, to get back to your original compliment, uh, there was a time when I couldn't really look at the, the, my attributes or my gifts, if you will. I really just focused on my shortcomings. And um, I've done a lot of work on my shortcomings because God knows I have them. Uh, but in the process of doing your own inventory, you kind of uh, put things in perspective. And I guess, you know, being a child of God is really the foundation for putting things into perspective. Does that make sense? And it comes right back to what I told you I'd tie all of this together. 
oh ye of sometimes little faith in me, but also <laughs> uh, ye of who 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 is one of my uh, my favorite uh, supporters. Um, but it's I just I got the title I picked here was gratitude for the ages, and so what you just talked about was gratitude, wasn't it? Oh yes, absolutely, 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 and to me. Uh, the reason I thought that this was going to be an important topic, Tom, today is because this is an extremely important day. Um, can I talk about that a little bit? Just oh, to, absolutely. To, to talk about the, the big world we're in. I mean, it's, it's, it's especially big today. So today is, of course, December 21st, and that is the beginning of the winter solstice. And uh, which is um, a time when the seasons change. Most of us think about that. Uh, But it also is when the solar systems are shifting and seasons are shifting. Uh, But also today is something called the Grand Conjunction. Have you heard of this, Tom? You turned me on to it the other day when you sent me that um, our, our horoscope. And yeah, uh, grand conjunction, the grand mutation. There's a lot of, but yeah, people. I've we've got we surrounded ourselves with enough spiritual. Um, I like the new term, 5D uh, people. Um, which you know, for those who aren't familiar with that term, uh, the the physical world is a thir- three dimensional world, height, width, length, um, and most people operate within that 3D level. They have to, you know. I hear from more people, don't stop talking to me about anything else. And uh, I'll go off on this for a little bit because I think it lays the groundwork for what what you want to say is that um, they don't want to hear about spirit. They don't want to hear about, and I didn't know what the fourth dimension was till you sent me that horoscope when I researched it. The fourth dimension includes time, which we know exists. I mean, some, you know, some will argue it exists. Some say it doesn't, but, um, we all have a concept of time, so it matters. So we, we operate on height, width, and length within a time framework. But the fifth dimension takes the, what I call, what, you know, some people may be offended by uh, talking about God. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but uh, let's just call it spirit. Let's call it in, the intangible for a more um, uh, palliative uh, term that won't offend anybody. Uh, or I like a, to use the word a higher power too. I mean, it's you know, you know, I call I call I have a certain I call it God, but um, I I just I think that's fine if some people that way. But um, I think the concept of the fifth dimension is like a higher power, so, yeah. so that's how so I maybe they about, can take that. We're, we're talking about spirit. We're talking about intangibles. We're talking about creation. The things that you can't measure. You can't measure length. You can measure length, width, and height, and you can measure time, but you can't measure an intangible. So, so yeah, so go back to, um, you know, the, the 5D world, which is how I heard about the grand conjunction and the grand mutation is the, the 5D people I'm associated with are very in tune with this, that we are affected by the planets. And uh, in, in, in you just listen, look at what happens on a full moon and you got to realize that. So, Okay, right. so go back to the grand conjunction so that we put it in the right context. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I uh, again, am not an astrologer by any means, but I, again, being a person who understands my very little, tiny little place in the, in the universe, I'm very interested in these things because I do believe that they do have an effect on us. And so this is such an important event that, even the Wall Street Journal, and I would not think of astrological um, events being something the Wall Street Journal would be talking about or writing about, but even they had an article today, just for anyone who wants to look at that. It was a, it was a pretty good article. I, I enjoyed the way they laid it out. But at any rate, my understanding of it is that this is today uh, the solar system's two largest planets, Jupiter and Saturn, are aligning. They are almost going to, I mean, in the sky, I guess they will cross over each other to the point where they, at some point today, they will look, um, if you could see them, as if they are one. This alignment has only happened twice in the last 800 years. 
So I figured that's got to be significant. And the last time it happened was in 1226, Tom, when the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris was being built. So it's been quite a while since this happened. And um, astrologers, because it is such a large event, call it the Great Conjunction. Um, So I just think that it's important to be aware of those things outside of ourselves as uh, people in the universe because, I mean, there's so many themes here, but, you know, I believe that we are all um, part of the universe. We are all essentially one energy in the universe, and that energy uh, is either um, high or low depending on the contribution of each of us. And uh, whatever we put into the universe is very important. It stays there and we we see it back. So to think of uh, the solar system as part of the universe and the two largest planets aligning, um, I just thought that that was a very exciting and humbling day and a great day for us, you and I, to have a chat because you and I are... uh, often um, known to go off on some deep thoughts and some deep topics. Um, the winter solstice, of course, is, I, I'm, a fav, I'm a fan of solstices. I also try to, I always try to do a solstice dance on uh, the spring, summer, winter uh, solstice, uh, because uh, in the, when um, our ancestors were uh, uh, harvesting in the fields, they used to do solstice dance. So it's, it's, a, it's kind of a good luck thing in my mind. Um, but this winter solstice is about endings and new beginnings. Uh, 2020 certainly. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping it was about endings, had its share of endings. But with regard, again, to the um, astrological significance, um, 2020 was um, uh, over over uh, seen in the in the uh, solar system by Capricorn, and as such, uh, the emphasis was on learning lessons the hard way, uh, growing but slow, painful growth. Um, there were themes of boundaries, restrictions, restraint, responsibilities, and downturns. So, if you think about that, you know. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has many times this year shaken my head saying, why is this happening? What, what is happening? Why is this happening? And when you look at astrology and uh, things that are happening in the universe, you uh, are, at least I am. And I think you were too, when I shared something recently with you about our birth sign, uh, it, it, it's pretty amazing stuff. So um, this won't happen again for another 60 years. And um, the new grand conjun- great conjunction will be bringing in uh, Aquarius. I don't know if you remember that song. When I was a kid, this is the age of Aquarius. Yep. So I guess we're back in an age of Aquarius. Aquarius is the element of air. So uh, that means that we all have fresh air and um, a fresh start. So that's what um, my wish and my intention is for today. Um, in speaking with you. So I wanted to just take a moment to, I didn't want to overlook this massive event happening today. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I got to sit out uh, late at night and look at the stars this summer. And uh, I was out of a city, so I could really see uh, the sky. Yeah. And, and, the constant, and I would be, sh- I kept honing in on these, what I thought were stars originally, but realized they were much brighter than a star and they were um, in the same position every single night, which, you know, but whatever. So I, you know, we live in an amazing age. So I brought out my phone and on it, there's an app. Uh, I think it's star search or star gaze or anyway, I would put the app on and, and it's, a, it's an amazing tool because it, it just pointed to the sky and it tells you every single star and planet in that location and wow. 
Oh yeah. Oh, you should. I, oh, I'm going to hit hit it now and I'll get it so we can the listeners up there. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many things today that you know we're in. We are absolutely in the age of Aquarius. We're in the age of wonder, and I get upset. It's called Star Tracker. Star Tracker. Okay. Light and uh, yeah, just go and look for any app, night sky, anything like that. And okay. so I held up the sky, and lo and behold, every night Uranus and and I mean um, Saturn and Jupiter were those two very bright. And somebody said tonight because probably of the conjunction, they'll be extremely bright, which people are comparing to the star of Bethlehem. Yes, yeah. I heard, I read that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so and you're right. Extremely significant. Um, you know, the, there are so many things going on right now that are. You know, the other day we talked about the fact that uh, you're you're an empath. You you're empathetic. You you feel, and and I do as well. Uh, so we're not content to see uh, the kind of changes we've seen lately. They irritate us when we see a drifting away from connection to from humility, from appreciation, from gratitude. And um, so that's what inspires this kind of, of a conversation because we have to put, like you said, you put out, it's our responsibility to express ourselves and put something back into the universe. So when we talk about gratitude, we hope that we've created a vibe in this this podcast to have people say, oh, but this idea of talking about the stars, one of my awakening moments and was, you know, I went to Stonehill College and didn't want to go there, but I ended up there. And I realized I ended up there for a reason um, because they made us take uh, every single semester was a required course in philosophy, a required course in theology. And that was the beginning of my awakening to a connection to, I mean, brought up Catholic. We were, were given enough spiritual and religious um, guidance, but I never heard it from an intellectual and from, from people like Plato and Socrates. So anyway, four years of Western um, theology and philosophy. And one day I turned the radio on in my mid twenties on a Sunday morning, just looking for something interesting to listen to. And I hear this beautiful British accent and it's from Alan Watts. And I realized, just like you said, you turn into Joel Osteen at the right moment. I turned into Alan, and Alan has been my teacher for all, from that moment forward. And, and this will tie exactly into what you're saying. I hear this beautiful voice saying, who do you think you are? And I'm like, what? Who's this guy? What is he talking about? Where do you begin and where do you end? Do you end at your fingertips? Do you end at your nose? Where do you begin? Who do you think you are? Let me ask you a question. How long can you live without water? Who do you think you are? How long can you exist without food? If the sun did not sit, come up every morning for three or four days, how long do you think you would exist? Who do you think you are? You think you are an eagle wrapped in skin. You are connected to the universe. And that Hmm. was the beginning of my thing. That's very provocative. Yes. And is it, how can you deny it? Right. Well, it certainly catches your attention. Who do you think you are? Right. You, you are know. not an ego wrapped in skin. And so the more I listen to him, when he comes up to me at Miraculous, he's on YouTube. So if you want to reach out and just be entertained, not only enlightened, but entertained, he's so funny and uh, so human. And, uh, you know, he just kept coming back to me over and over with this reminder. And he said, <laughs> You know, without going into a lot of detail about what we really are, which is, by the way, um, Rhonda Byrne just came out with her book, um, The Real Secret or The Great Secret. Of the, and, and I think she finally got it. You know, she was on the tip of it 14 years ago with The Secret. Now she really understands it. But mm-hmm. we, we understand that, um, you know, we're, 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 he said, <laughs> we are, this whole reason we are here is to have a relationship 
with God in the universe. That's mm-hmm. what this is all about, is relating to the thing that you live in. You know, you're not an eagle wrapped in skin. You, can't, you have to honor it. You can't desecrate it. And, and we also have to honor our fellow human beings. And, what, you know, without going too negative, we're not seeing a lot of that right now. Right. And, well, you know, I, I want to jump on to uh, that a little bit, getting back to, you know, your uh, reminding me of our, co- of our conversation about being extremely empathic. Or, you know, I, I just think that I'm very sensitive. I really, I, I, I truly do feel other people. And uh, I didn't realize that about myself when I was younger. And it's, it's a bit of a difficult way to go through the world. Um, I could give you some examples of how that sort of affected me this year. I started to feel, uh, well, at the beginning, I was very bothered by, the fact that I couldn't see people's faces anymore. Uh, And I realized how much I get, how much I get out of the human connection of looking at another person's face. I have dogs and I take them for walks every day. And um, I live in a somewhat busy uh, neighborhood. There's a lot of foot traffic around and you see a lot of people uh, as you, as you walk around. And I realized with the absence of that via masks, how much I miss that and how lonesome that felt to me. And then I started to really pay attention to uh, the news and, you know, the events going on. And I just, I remember asking myself, why is everyone so angry? Just seemed like everybody, the, everybody had a, has a bad attitude. Everybody's angry. Everybody in this very difficult time, um, I, I was, I, I'm just sort of surprised. And again, this is my perspective and I, and I don't mean to generalize it saying that everyone was like this, but it was an energy that I definitely was picking up on. And I was confused by it because I thought this would be a time um, to be, you know, extremely loving and caring of, one another and of our fellow man and our fellow uh, uh, humans. And because we are in a, this is a very difficult time, a lot of sadness, a lot of loss. Um, And yet I didn't, I I just felt like I didn't see that. I felt people were judging each other. There was a lot of dissonance, you know, people just not, not hearing each other, just completely disagreeing all the time. And that really bothered me on, on a soul level. And, um, you know, I started to think about my own experience in life. And when I was feeling um, what I would say, you know, I didn't have the best attitude. Um, I was angry, irritated, um, felt like I wasn't getting that that life wasn't giving me what I thought I deserved, and um, in retrospect, I realized that you know all all that sort of thinking does is just make you more and more self-absorbed, and make you think more and more about your own um, pain and your own disappointments and that is a path to hell because how do you get out of how do you get out of that circle of thinking it's very difficult to get out of that circle of thinking and so watching everyone this year I was reminded of another time when the country had a very difficult uh, time that was during the the attack on our country at 9-11 and what a wonderful, in fact, in sort of uh, an odd way, the silver lining of that was how we all came together, took care of each other, loved each other, uh, said, no, we're not going to accept this. We're going to live our lives as Americans, and we're going to continue to give and prosper and help one another and sacrifice for one another. And um, I feel like right now it's sort of an opposite 
uh, sort of reaction. And one of the things that I learned in my life is that you really have to, when you when you're most feeling like you're embroiled in your own head, you need to get out of your own head. And the best way to do that is to think about things you should be grateful for. You have to just change, make a shift in your thinking to go from an from attitude to gratitude. And so I um, have had quite a few lessons in learning that. And one of the first um, times that I, in fact, this was a pretty enlightening time for me um, in the early nineties, uh, my marriage uh, dissolved, not by my choice. I had a small child to take care of. Uh, I wasn't even working at the time and uh, no one in my family had ever been divorced. And I, I just was, completely bereft and um, angry and confused. And um, I came across a book. And again, this gets back to what we said earlier. You know, when the, I, I think I love this statement, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So apparently a teacher for me at that point was uh, Marianne Williamson in the, in the form of a book that she had just written, which was, um, a return to love. And that was, I think in 1992, um, the concepts in that book, I know that they originally came from, um, a course in miracles by Helen Shuckman. And that, uh, was earlier, but I had never heard of that, but Marianne Williamson, because she was, um, on the bestseller list, uh, first got me to understand the concept of to surrender and really explored why do people feel so negatively and it's because they're in a state of fear and they need to replace fear with love and faith. And so getting back to this year, my conclusion is, and it makes more sense to me when I look at all the attitude that I was speaking of, that it's really coming, the source of that is fear. People are very afraid, and there is a lot to be afraid of. That is absolutely true. But in these times, when you are feeling fear, you must shift from fear to love, from fear to gratitude, from, from taking to giving so that you can go outside of yourself and get a different perspective and look around you and help those who feel fear and give them love because the antidote to fear is love. And so um, I really try to practice that every day. And uh, you and I have talked about many times all the things that we have to be grateful for and how some of the worst things that ever happened in our lives. Um, I don't know if people, listeners know, but Tom lost his leg when he was a child uh, from a very, very very rare form of cancer and was not supposed to even survive. And so I would say in the course of people's lives, that was a pretty terrible thing. But uh, from that came all kinds of blessings. And I personally feel very grateful, speaking of gratitude, that I know Tom and that he lived when he was a young boy and that because he's taught me a lot. And he's loved me a lot and he's made me laugh a lot. So I, um, one of the things I'm very grateful for is Tom Hayes, just at speaking of gratitude. Um, so I guess that's kind of my message for today. And I think it, 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 it fits in with the solstice and the, and the shift to Aquarius is we need to shift from the attitude of 2020 to gratitude for 2021. How's that, Tom? Drop the mic. Say to the folks, I'm Lisa Limp, <laughs> and I'll be here all week. <laughs> I'll be here all week, and um, you, you, you know, you can find me uh, again, maybe uh, next week, next month, because Tom and I, you know, we we have endless amounts of things to talk about. 
Yeah. And and, I'm, uh, teasing, I'm teasing about ending this because I think this is, you've just opened up uh, even more. But, um, I, you know, we, a lot of, uh, you know, even this moment, you, you know, the, the fact that we're doing a podcast together and down deep, you've had a, a latent uh, desire, aspiration, whatever you want to call it, to, to do this kind of thing. And all of a sudden, you know, the stars align, the planets align. Yes. And uh, on the day that they're aligning, we are uh, doing your first one. So um, I know your trepidation, and your, your, but I just want to ask you, how does it feel right now? Well, it feels great. And, you know, Tom, when you invited me to do this, I thought, well, why not? Because every time I talk to you, and you and I have had our share of disagreements over the years. I just want to make sure that everybody understands. We have a real relationship where we haven't always agreed on things, and we've talked that through and made each other very clear on where our boundaries are. So, you know, this is not just all uh, sunshine and roses. You and I have a real relationship. And so um, having said that, when we speak – I always get off the, I, you, you just make me think of things that I don't get to think about very often. I don't get to have these conversations with very many people. Um, and I think you and I were meant to meet because we understand each other on this level. And so um, we, I always feel great when I get off of a conversation with you. And so why not share it with the world oh, yeah, and I, see? I, it's a wonderful and energy. you know, see if yeah, and see if it see if it makes anybody else as happy as it makes well, me. Uh, anybody so, who listens, anybody who listens to this uh, will their energy will have kicked up, their vibration will have kicked up. Um, it's a wonderful, fantastic thing, and this is what I saw in you, and this is what I felt. Um, you know, I see you at some day, point running hosting your own podcast in the vein of Marianne Williamson and. Um, and, and passing on this beautiful gift you have to inspire and lift people up from this crazy uh, mood. I'll just call yeah. it this mood that America's in. Um, yeah. uh, and I'll tell you my story with the uh, Course in Miracles. For years, you know, I, I was obsessed with, loved reading spirituality and finding it. we're all... You know, and I'll go a little deeper with uh, Watts and all of the great uh, yogis and spiritual leaders. And what this really is, and it's going to get a little spooky for a lot of people, but the Godhead, you know, a lot of people might object to that term, but the Godhead, God, uh, spirit, creator, source is omnipotent. We know that. We know that there's, even, even the, the deepest atheists may deny all this, but how can you deny deny Einstein, E equals MC squared energy, folks. You know it's there. You know creation's there. Hell, you look at the planets, you see black holes and you see new planets. You see creation. You cannot deny creation. And that there's something, no matter what, how we define it, is driving creation. So what's the game? What, 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 what is life? And uh, this always puzzled me. And uh, so what is it? What is this thing? You know? And so I've come down to two conclusions. It's, it's a story and it's a game. And, you know, the, the Hindus were onto this. And they said, so the Godhead is omnipotent. And he, he she can do anything it wants. It thinks it, it materializes. It thinks universe, boom, you got planets, you got stars, you got um, humans, you got animals. Amazing. And so, I mean, think of that. How, uh, try to get into what's it like to, at any point, have anything and everything you want at, at a snap of a finger. Uh, right. Some people call that manifesting. Yeah, manifesting. Many books uh, written on manifesting. One of my favorites, not to interrupt you, is Dr. Wayne Dyer. He's written quite a few books on it, and I, I read and study those. So for the listeners, if you if you want to dip into that, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, but, Tom. But if you're – if and the, the fun of the challenge as humans is because we are limited beings – and that's that's the whole game, you see, because what what God does, the Spirit does, the creation, whatever, says, hmm, 
gee, this is kind of boring. <laughs> what fun is it in just thinking thing and having it appear? I can do anything, and I don't die. I'm infinite. And so it says, ah, why don't I invent the game? And the game will be I get lost. I don't know that I'm all powerful. I don't know that I'm infinite. I don't know these things. And uh, I'll get involved in the game, and I'll make the game, I'll design the game so real that I'll believe it, that I'll get lost. But along the way, it's like this great video game. There are signposts. And what we're talking about today, and you've admitted, the, the teacher comes, the signs. All of a sudden, the light starts to be, wait a minute. I don't have to be asleep. I don't have to be. Well, the way we started this conversation, I'm not a limited being. I'm not, I'm, you know, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And so right. the game begins, and it, you start as a seeker, and then they think you're pretty smart. Then they get, the game begins is like, how do I find my way back? See, because that's, that's, that's what all stories are about, aren't they? It's for right. the hero to find your way back. And it's a game because it's exciting. You win, you lose. What fun is it? Right. And that's why so many books about manifestation because it's not easy. You know, there right. Is and the theme, the theme of great literature, you know, getting lost, uh, sinning, being redeemed. Um, it's, right. it's all, it's sort of all the same, same thing with just, just different words, but the classic theme. And that's, that's for, for, for that's a reason. That, Go ahead. No, for a reason, because that is the underlying, just as you, as you're speaking, you know, it it really is the underlying uh, meaning of, of our creator, I think. Exactly. We, and, and again, getting back to Watts, he says this, you have to understand you are, we are God. We hold God within us. There's a piece of us that is God. And a lot of people, a lot of religions, you know, don't want to admit that. But he's wonderful because, again, let's go back to the the planets and everything else. None of this would exist without us in the sense that, you know, I I had an epiphany one night driving along home along the water. And I noticed the the moonbeam followed me for six miles. (laughs) Moonbeam came to me and I'm going, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Just like the sun lights up the whole sky and lights up the the bay. Why doesn't the moon light up the whole bay? Why don't I see all of the water, that bright yellow beam? And I said, wait a minute, this beam and I have a relation. I'm seeing the moon and this beam only exists for me. Mm. So without and so I started thinking, you know, that analogy. What does um, if a tree falls in the wood, does it make a sound? And the answer mm. is, it doesn't. <laughs> when a tree falls in the wood, it makes a vibration. Right. You need an ear to hear the sound. So, Tom, the, I have to tell you this beautiful story that you're reminding me of. Um, right in in line with your epiphany of watching the the light on the water as you drove for six miles. So um, when my son was very small, he is a precocious uh, child, very smart and observant of everything. And we were in the car driving up to New Hampshire. As you pointed out earlier, without the city lights, you could see the sky and the stars beautifully. He was in the car seat in his back, in the back seat and it was a full moon. And at one point he says, mom, mommy, the moon is following us. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought that was the most beautiful. I'll, I, and I'm getting goosebumps again. I'm getting, I'm getting all, all teary eyed Tom, because just as you just said, you know, uh, it, it the recognition that wow this element is following me or it's special for me um, out of the mouth of a babe there it was Molly the moon is following us <laughs> it, it's, and it's true it, it is yeah it, 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 that moonbeam does not exist as that moonbeam without me right 
and so without, I, without you seeing it, right? Without the child seeing right. it, right? We all, we all validate the stars and everything else because we're connecting with them, and, right. and we're, our consciousness puts this podcast together, and this consciousness maps the stars and 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 realizes that this isn't a special event, and that we are special beings. And and one of the things I found with a lot of organized religions is that uh, I would say to people, well, you know, God's inside you. And they're all, oh, no, no, no. And that, you know, that, no, no, God's not inside me. I mean, he's out there. And I go, <laughs> let me understand you got, your God is omnipotent, right? Yes. He's all powerful and he can do anything. Right. But somehow you've got this, this skin around you that he can't penetrate. <laughs> that that is kryptonite to him, and so he right. can't he can't somehow be inside you because you are again you are an ego wrapped in skin and that protects you from God. I guess of course he's in you. Right, he's God. He's right. everywhere. It's everywhere. This energy, yeah. this energy, this force energy is everywhere, and that's what the Course in Miracles is about. So when you understand that that power resides in you. Well, everything changes, doesn't it? You know, now you're not a victim. Right. Not, not now. You well, can... well, you're not a victim unless you choose to be a victim. Exactly. But you, but and everything in life is a choice. Everything. You can choose to be a victim, or you can choose to. Well, yeah, and I'll to and I'll that to then. use the the blessing and the power that God gave you to get yourself out of that. And I can tell you that from firsthand experience. Right. So absolutely. And, and, and to not, for people who might have trouble, there are certain things that aren't, we don't know whether we had a choice or not. For example, we didn't, COVID comes along. So we don't choose COVID, but we do choose how to react to COVID. Yeah, you know, exactly. We don't, choose, we don't get to choose to whom we were born and what location, what friends, what schools. We don't, we only get to choose who we fall in love with. That happens, but we do get to choose what to do with it. And, and so Tom, what did you choose to to do with COVID this year? What, what was some of the, your coping mechanisms, shall we say? Why don't you share a couple and I'll share a couple. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I think I told you because of the path that's been laid out and these are, you do understand that I'm just going to connect with you and let the listeners listen to you and me connect right now. But you, okay. you do see what we've unearthed here in this uh, podcast is the ability to, to dig deep into all of these things and go on forever about them, only getting deeper and better in them. So, right. so I'll answer your question. So because I feel we all have a path, it's laid out. You know, we, we do have choices. Things are, and, and here's where the choices come. Things will come along in your life that you can either deny or ignore and continue on your own miserable, egotistical, ego-wrapped-in-a-skin way, or you can start to see the magic in the message and say, gee, that really resonates. I, mean, I think I'll, I'll be brave, and I'll, follow, again, dropping the fear, and go down that path and see what happens. So not to any of my intentionality at all. I ended up as a comedian and I realized now that was my path. I was mm-hmm. supposed to do this and I'm supposed to be talking about these things. So along the path, uh, things happened. And um, I hope I'm getting to the one I wanted, I, but I, the, the course in miracles. Uh, oh, 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 so how did COVID happen? So along the path, I, you know, as you and I know, we got together in a, in a in an enterprise where, uh, again, came to me, not a choice, but uh, this character, this Boston Bean character came along, which the creativity that created a toy line, created uh, a storyline, created animation, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I had to get interested in what constitutes story. And so I started reading anything and everything I could about screenplays and story and the hero's journey. And, um, so the, the, one of the books I read was called Save the Cat. And in it, it's a book. We called them, sorry, what? Save the Cat, Save C-A-T? The, Save the Cat. Yeah, Save the Cat. Okay. And it's, about, it's a screenplay, but it's, it's a very philosophical, spiritual book because 
he they they use Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey as the archetype for all of these stories. How what constitutes a good story? So in it, in, in, and he outlines. You can't if you read the book. I got to warn you, you'll never watch a movie the same way you did before because. I am continually, as soon as an event happens, I click the timeline on the computer or wherever I'm watching, and I go, aha, 20 minutes, here we go. The hero is now beginning uh, an event that's happened that's going to alter his life, and he's going to be in an upside-down world in a little while. So when COVID came, I had all of these concepts in my mind. I knew story, and I knew what this was. This was the 20 minutes to go part of the movie where the hero faces all is lost. And the hero faces the dark night of the soul. Boom. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Dark night of the soul. Here is all is lost. And this is where the hero has set out on a material object. He, he he wants to take a castle. He wants to get the damsel. Uh, a million reasons for his 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 um, his path, his his story, his his journey, his journey. And along the way, he finds out it was never about the castle. It was never about the girl. It was about the never about the tangible thing. It was about the intangibles. He learned about what and exactly what you talked about. It's about. He, under, he discovers love. He discovers gratitude. He discovers all the things you can't put your hands and fingers. So now he's at the bottom. Everything's gone wrong. There's nothing left. What does he do? Does he su- submit? Does he succumb? Or does he gather his, his resources? Does he realize his life will never be the same does he accept the challenge and does he transform? And again, the book points out, you know, Hegel's concept of thesis, thesis and antithesis. And he says, so here's what happens. Your thesis is your everyday life. It's what we've been doing, you know, for, for days, weeks, hours, months, decades. And then all of a sudden there's an antithesis. Something tragic happens. You lose a leg, you lose a marriage, you lose something, and all of a sudden, your world is upside down. That's antithesis. Now, the hero mm-hmm. has to put the two of those together and come up with a synthesis. He has to put it all together and create. He's the caterpillar, now turned butterfly. And so when COVID hit, I laughed. I said, oh, my God, this is what I've been preaching about. I saw the rat race. I saw humanity, especially Americans, just losing it, losing of the idea of family, losing the idea of love, losing the idea of enjoyment, and and racing, 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 chasing the carrot, chasing the money, chasing, chasing, chasing. No, t- and everybody complaining, everybody unhappy. And I said, right. here it is. Now you have to stop. You right. have to, and you have to, and you have a choice now. Do you put it all together and realize? You've got to recreate yourself in your world, or do you stay the same and die? Mm-hmm. And that's very profound, but that's what this meant to me. And, and so for me, it became, in fact, in one afternoon, I lost, lost both sources of income, but because of the Course in Miracles, and we'll come right back to it, and not choosing fear, but choosing love, and understanding there's always, always only one problem, and that is separation from your source, separation from the thing that created you, and looking to other things for solutions. I laughed, and I looked at the sky, went up to my car, looked up. I, I just had $80,000 of my life erased, and I laughed, and I smiled, and I said, well, this is going to be cute. How are <laughs> you going to solve this for me? And within two weeks, it was solved. And... And I looked at it, but thank you. And I'm now launched on a different path. And it's exhilarating. It, it's, you know, you do, again, I'm sorry for monopolizing, but I have to follow you. Have you ever seen the documentary Zeitgeist? No. Okay. Anyway, it's re- real quick. It, it's p- totally pertinent to now. And this is why this is, to me, this is one of the most brilliant podcasts I've, I've ever been able to be part of. 
So Zeitgeist points out exactly what we're seeing, the winter solstice, okay? The sun every, for all year long, since January, since June, the sun has dropped a little bit to the southern sky. Well, at December 21st, it goes to its lowest point. We have the darkest uh, period in, in, in the year. Um, Correct. It's the shortest okay. day of the year. Let, is, least amount of light, yep. Exactly. So we are now at the least amount of light. And what's fascinating is the sun doesn't, the next day, start to rise. The sun, for the for only time of the year, is stationary for three days. Now, when the, the ancients saw this, they panicked because everything, they, everything was based around the sun, the, 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 the planting, the, the harvesting, everything. So now when the source of energy and the source of light sit still in the sky. I mean, these guys were in tune with it. They start to panic. Is it going to move? What's it doing? It's not. Is it leaving? Is it coming back? Yeah, is it coming back? Is it coming back? Mm-hmm. It has to come back because if it doesn't come back, I mean, these people are way more connected than we are. If We're dead. We're right. doomed. Right. For two days, it doesn't come back. And then on the third day, it rises. <laughs> now, this is well, story. isn't that a lovely way for us to tie into the Christmas season? I mean, we did speak about the Star of Bethlehem earlier, and I, yep. um, I, I have to say this year, for me personally, has been uh, sort of difficult to get into the Christmas spirit. I really miss going to church. I really feel like, I mean, I've been somebody who's gone to church uh, my whole life, and I find great comfort in it. Not so much uh, always the mass, but just being in God's house um, has given me great comfort, and I really miss it. To me, the idea that the churches are locked in this time when we so desperately need that connection uh, is just, uh, it's, it's just, just simply wrong. Um, so I'm hoping that with uh, the Christmas season um, that we can all find a way to get uh, into church and to think about um, on the third day he rose again and think about the birth of Christ, yet another miracle, um, and the star of Bethlehem and the grand conjunction and the winter solstice with Tom Hayes and Lisa Lamparelli. You know, that that was, I can't say, I'm not going to say anymore. Well, I'm just, just that w- I, this was, I hope you uh, now feel uh, resonate with the gift you have. Um, I didn't tell everybody how drop dead gorgeous you are, but you are that you don't have a face for radio. You've been told it's a face to be seen. (laughs) And so when you, when you do enough of these and then you're in demand and you're on the speaking circuit, they're going to get the full radiance of you. Oh, it was, I had such a great time and I hope anybody who um, listened to this, you, you really got a treat, folks, because we were able to get out some things that should, should be an appetizer for you to really go and search and find out how fun and fantastic it is to become awakened and to learn these things and to learn your place in the universe. Um, and that's all I can think of. So, Amen. Of, Amen. That's really, uh, that's really the message because uh, every day you wake up, and you can think of nothing but how grateful you are to to be alive. And um, so thank you, Tom. Merry Christmas, Tom. Um, I'm too, sure that we, we, we will speak again. And yes, I love you, Tom. Well, and I, I, and I love you, Tom. Can I ask you for a date? Can, can, can we do this again, honey? Oh, sure. Uh, let's do one right after the first of the year. Okay, you got it. All right. All right. Care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, folks, for joining in. Merry Christmas. and uh, Merry Christmas. And I have another podcast tomorrow with the genius, um, Brian Culkin, and uh, he'll talk about uh, gentrification in his new books and globalization. So be sure to tune into that. That you will come away with uh, some shocking insights, and uh, hopefully his new thrust is on how to become a global citizen in the time of gentrification and globalization. God bless. Thank you so much. And that's all, folks. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.